Downing, Downing tees it into the box and there's a host of people going for it. Kadra heads it down, Hasselbank edge of the area goes down, no free kick is given. Jimmy's still on the floor, it's, but here's Stewie Downing. Downing there, Downing running beyond the fullback. Whips a great looking ball in, header, goal! Welcome back everybody to the Middlesbrough Podcast. I'm Hamilton. Today, fortunate enough to be joined by one of my wonderful co-hosts, this is Greg, unfortunately, not to be joined by our tandem third wheel maestro, Brad, who is unfortunately not able to join us this afternoon or this evening. That, Any idea where he is? Uh, you know, I believe he classically is seeing friends and family who I know he made commitments to. And I think, you know, it's important. It's a great reminder for all of us family and friends are at times more important than the podcast and i fully expect not sure about that well you know dedication comes (laughs) in varying levels he wakes up early and watches the games he might miss a late night here and there to record but you know we we cut him some slack that's why we love him that's why we love him so like he's a he's a busy guy oh he stays 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 busy the man with a plan at costco that's our guy, Brad. For sure. If you don't shop yeah, at Costco, anybody, you should. Uh, if anybody out there from Costco is listening, we are looking for corporate sponsors. So, um, yeah, I'll be happy to take a few a few drinks vouchers, a few hot dogs vouchers. Yes. I don't mind. Uh, granted, do those, you know, those are a buck 50 or like a buck 39 or buck 75. I don't even know if they give out vouchers. However, I did see a tweet today. Oh my gosh, I sent it to y'all, right? Yeah. I the, saw it, uh, I saw it. The CEO threatened to kill somebody. Yeah, over the price of hot dogs, like raising the price. Brad, if you can confirm, um, once you hear this, we would appreciate it. <laughs> but that you be, can't go wrong with the, uh, the with classic the hot, hot dog. For our listeners in the UK, Greg is Costco over there. I think Costco might be in like London, like down south as they say okay but it's definitely not made it up to the northeast of england okay for everybody listening it's kind of a um macro um warehouse type situation so macro is a it's business only you have to own your own business um right so it's not like open to the public you have to have kind of like a you know an llp or you have to be incorporated and then you can go and buy like think it's like vat free which is like sales tax free goods yeah that is a lot of business jargons for this hour yeah v- uh, vat value-added tax yeah don't get into it it's too much don't yeah we we won't um okay here's a question for you what are gas stations like before we get gas to the bournemouth bo- the bournemouth game yeah have you ever been to a bucky's here in the states yeah, so I used to live in Texas, right? Oh, so shit. You know the deal. beaver. Yeah. Um, Buggies is a yeah. huge deal. I have I a love lot. the beaver balls. <laughs> and beaver balls for everybody back in the UK, basically, like just like corn, corn balls, I guess you could call them. Like, like corn like, nuggets, uh, almost? Cereal, yeah, corn cereal balls with... Are they sweet or savory? I can't even remember. You need They're to... sweet, aren't they? Somebody get this man some beaver balls. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was pretty cool. We had them uh, pretty close to where we lived in uh, Texas, but they weren't like super close, but they were close enough that if you went north or south on uh, I-10, yep. they were there. 
they were pretty close. So. Dude, they're massive. Uh, they mm-hmm. just opened one up in Mobile, and uh, I went by twice. The two times I could have gone to it, I went to it. Because <laughs> it was like, you know, a mecca. Of... Yeah, so it's like for people in the UK, like really like like when you come to the US, you don't really know kind of like the American quote-unquote road trip. Um it's not really something that exists in the UK. Like we have like, you know, we have like rest stops or the equivalent of rest stops, but like you probably would hardly ever visit them. You know, just maybe if you need to use the bathroom or if you're going on a super long trip, you know, if you're going on like a five, six, seven hour trip, you might have to stop a couple that of is, times. But... That, is, that is not that long. No, like I can drive. When we, were, like... when we were talking to Mark and you were talking about, you know, traveling across the country... In like yeah. six hours, I was like, that is nothing, man. I've driven to like St. Louis from Alabama. That was like I've a 13-hour drive. It was just, yeah. oh, gosh. It's oh, just gosh. different, though, because the, um, the density of the traffic is different. So obviously here in the U.S., you know, there's a lot of traffic, but it's very spread out. Right. Um, once you get into the kind of the countryside, you know, so to speak, in the U.S., there's just, you know, it's just a kind of straight shot. It's very chilled out driving. But in the UK, there's so many towns and cities between point A and point you know, G, for example, that the, the level of, you know, the level of driving and the style of driving is different. I, I feel like it's just... all city roads because there's so many, you know. Yeah. I mean, you could be driving on a, you know, a motorway, which is the equivalent of an interstate in the UK um, or the US, sorry. Um, but, you know, the, the the level of traffic is 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 it, it's just different it's a lot busier um you know kind of think about driving you know in some of the busiest cities you know atlanta houston new york um, DC. dallas dc yeah you think about driving like those cities that's kind of like driving on the british roads like it's not as busy all the time but generally it's busy and it's busy all the time so well, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who was busy uh, in this game against Bournemouth. The crowd, the yeah. crowd was busy. So let's let's kind of transition into into that draw, which honestly a little bit felt like a win to me. Um, what were your thoughts on the crowd being back? You know, and and the game in general. Yeah, I mean, it was really positive to hear you know people back in the stadium again. Obviously you know, something that you kind of took for granted was, you know, hearing hearing the crowd and having watched the Premier League games and, and not seeing fans, you know, it just everybody knew the the crowd makes the game, right? The footballers are just there doing training exercises against an opposite opposition team without the crowd. If the crowd's there it makes it makes all the difference. Um, Definitely. You know, my my mum was lucky enough to get a ticket, so I saw no, her she... on the live stream. Oh, hold yeah, on, hold on. There. We need to get her on the pod. Yeah, I'll I'll give her a call. I mean, I don't know what the hell time we'll have to call her because, good golly, it's like it'll be hey, we're gonna soon we can we can we can make this happen. I think we need to get oh, Mama yeah. Greg on the I'm pod. I'm sure we'll give we'll give Sharon a, a heads up. Sharon, She'll come on, Sharon, if you're listening to this. We want to know what it was like to be in that stadium. <laughs> How electric was it when Marcus Brown delivered that ball home after that it, uh, buttery ball in from Patty McNair? 
Yeah. So I mean, that's we can we can get up we can we can get up to that a, a little bit later. But yeah, like you said, the crowd was definitely positive. You know, hearing the fans, hearing the singing. You know, the reactions when there was a shot going close, or when there was a big tackle put in, or you know, when the when the referee made a good or bad decision. You know, that those are the you know those those are the things you live for when you're you know a football fan and you know hearing that again was you know kind of it's only been what nine nine ten months since there was crowds in the stadium but right. it definitely felt a lot longer than that i me. think the yeah. last match was in march and it was like a blackburn yeah. versus yeah, we're somebody getting, game we're um, getting there aren't we up to 10 months pretty much so um it's it's been a long long time Definitely. Well, the game the game seemed to feed into the crowd and the crowd into the game. I felt like yep. the lads really kind of... I remember before the game even happened, um, after I saw Bournemouth's result against Blackburn, mm-hmm. I remember texting y'all and saying, you know, I, th- I think we're going to get throttled um, on the weekend. Yep, yep. And we didn't. I felt like we kind of throttled them. Yeah, I mean, you know, we started the game very positively. Um, we looked lively. We looked hungry. Um, we moved the ball, you know, pretty well. Um, we moved the ball with purpose. We got stuck into tackles. Um, defensively, we looked pretty pretty good. I think um, set pieces, you know, again. It's two games, right. two goals from corners. So, you know, set pieces, you've got to, you know, scratch your head a little bit and think, you know, Neil Warnock's teams are usually pretty strong when it comes to set pieces, both offensively, you know, getting goals from corners and free kicks and then defending those set pieces. Um, it was so quite a, a quite a quirky goal to have yeah, scored. It, it was a deflection off think, of Grant Hall, I want to say. Yeah, uh, it went down to Solanke, scored it, but, I mean, you could... You know, Grant Hall got the final touch, and you know, Bettinelli probably would say that he was he could have done better at his near post there. You don't like to give a goal away at your near post, especially as a goalkeeper. But, um, you know, I think there was one David Brooks shot in the second half, which Bettinelli made a, a absolute oh, wow. awesome save from. Beautiful. And I didn't see the, the angle until a few people posted it after the game. And, you know, that was a, you know, that was a def- definite. You know, goal, you know, match-winning save, I should say. So Quite the indication um, as to why we uh, signed him, I felt like. Yeah. Because I don't yeah, think, I think the other keepers would have been able to make that save. No, no I think maybe Stojanovic might have had a decent effort, but I think, you know, Ashley Pears probably is a little bit slighter, um, plays a little bit more as a shot stopper rather than a big, you know, you know gets across the goal. But, Superman type. You know, yeah. I, honestly, I think... Midfield looked good. Um, I thought Johnson and, and Spence got up and down the wings quite well. I thought, you know, Britton Fletch looked really, really good. You know, running for the ball, challenging, you know, 50-50s, putting themselves about. Um, fitness levels look great. You know, <clears throat> I think, you know, the word that we've kind of heard a little bit in the UK, it's kind of come of a cliche now, is kind of this bounce-back ability and, you know, having having spent so much time on top and then going to go down and then you know 
you know, busting a gut and keep on going and, and getting that, you know, equalizes. Right. You know, that's that was the positive for me. Um, we knew it was going to be a tough game. We'd already played a tough game at Watford. You know, rotation in the cup against Barnsley. Unfortunately, we got beat. So, you know, the lads' heads could have gone down very easily from, you know, conceding a, you know, a third goal without ever scoring or, you know, notching, notching one up on the for the home team. But ultimately, we went back. I mean, you know, <clears throat> didn't look uncomfortable. Um, but ultimately, you know, the big question is Paddy McNair. I mean, technically... He's a very, very good footballer. You know, playing him in defence, is that really his best position? He's probably a little bit too static to play as a right wing back. Although with a, a delivery like that, I mean, that, that was, was a great delivery. That was fantastic. And and I think that kind of hits off of a little bit of the formation we're playing. But, you know, the spaces that we are attacking, it's, mm-hmm. it isn't any surprise that because this is what most teams do, right? You work the ball down the sides, then you lob it in and hope that you get a chance on target. And I felt like for us, you know, when you're playing a team like Bournemouth or Watford that can be a bit more organized, it's going to be mm-hmm. harder to pull off those chances. And so I think his goal, or his, his assist rather, was a perfect example of how the ball needs to be played into that area, you know, to allow the striker to run onto it and just kind of clean it up in a more like diagonal fashion rather than this you know horizontal just across the field um yeah that the the area that they delivered the ball into that McMahon delivered the ball into is is between um you know usually typically the the back four and the goalkeeper you know on that six six yard six yard line box area um and that's kind of called the area of uncertainty because the defenders don't know whether to kind of you know take a swing at it or try to head it out and then the keeper doesn't know whether to come and get it and I mean obviously you saw it kind of went over everybody's heads and Max Brown was right there just to nod it straight in and you know we scored a very similar goal to that when we got promoted with uh, Gasson Ramirez crossing it into Stuani at the back post um, so that kind of made me think of that although the other one was the uh, left foot cross um, being tapped in with, with Stuani on the back post with um, Gaston Ramirez crossing it with his left foot so it was an, un- an in-swinger but this one was an out-swinger so it was um, going away from goal and allowed Marcus Brown to get his get his head on it and, and get that 1-1 scoreline so you know I think overall Kevin Blackwell came out after the game I think he was very very positive you know he spoke well of the players you know he said you know Bournemouth are a team that just got relegated from the Premier League you know for all intents and purposes we looked like we were the best team um the only criticism I do have is is probably that that bit of quality, that final bit of quality in the final third. Um, you know, if you wanted to kind of talk about formation a little bit, um, it makes sense why they've kind of identified the players that they need, and I think it's pretty pretty obvious why. <clears throat> that formation it, it allows for that mobility on the outside and allows us to kind of flood the spaces, but also you know, recede as the water. And I felt like our defenders who were playing a bit further up made all their efforts to get back. You know, I feel like Dysdale was, um, gosh, I, I want to call him like the garbage man because he was just picking up trash, you know? <laughs> and that was like his role. 
Um, and, and I yeah. really felt like he was able to kind of stick it to them. I felt like Tavernier also was able to come. I feel like he had a better game compared to the Barnsley yeah, one. Yeah, he did. He definitely did have a lot better game against um, I, I felt against like, Bournemouth. I felt like there was a desire to win that second ball back that we, mm. we I don't want to say it was non-existent, Last season, because I think there was there, it came in spurts, but this was probably the most complete game the club has played against high level competition. You know, yeah, that, they they look they look motivated. They they looked hungry. They they looked fit. They looked organized. Um, you know, if we can play like that, you know, nine times out of ten or seven times out of ten, you know, we'll will be a hard team to beat. Um, and and I'm just waiting for. The goal domino to 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 fall for either mm-hmm. Fletch or Asambalanga. I think they're players that need to just they're they're players of runs, and and I think they need to to get on that run. Um, I felt yeah. bad for Fletch coming off. I didn't necessarily see what injury that was, or if we're anticipating no, he'll be fine. I mean, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it this week and see if we can find out any more info. But obviously, you know. It's just you know I took a look at the uh, expected goal stats for the game um, both this week and the first weekend against Watford and you know we've conceded one big chance and we've created one big chance so you know the the stats are you know very very in line with what we would expect um, you know again it's just that final quality in the in the final third and you know the way that they're going to play, you know, pushing the wing-backs into the final third. Um, Britt and Fletch are going to be chasing the balls into the channels, and then hopefully we can get a knockdown, and then that gives us the opportunity to push up as a, as a unit. Um, you know, Savile had a, you know, a couple of shots early on. You know, uh, Johnson had a couple of opportunities. Um, Tav had a couple of opportunities. So, you know, again, it's, you know, it's positive. Um, and I think... I'm still interested to see from the next game, um, especially being away from home against a pretty strong QPR side, how we kind of set up, you know, against different opponents. Whether we 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 stay with the kind of same three five two, or we you know maybe just, you know change a little bit to kind of go like a, a four five one, um, or a four four one one, you know, with with maybe someone right. dropping deeper. You just can't see Brit not not playing as a out and out number nine. Um, I think that kind of brings us on to a little bit about you know what what Chuba Akpom is going to do when he's going to come in. He's a you know strong you know fit healthy guy. He's going to get in amongst it. He's quick. You know he's gone from playing you know Panathinaikos in the Champions League to the Championship. Um, so you know all that stress and strain of of Warnock worrying about it. Ultimately, he's got the guy who he wanted. Um, so I think I'm very excited to see him play. From from um, what I've I... read about him, he is very capable on his feet. Uh, you know, he's not going to be an aerial threat so much so as he's going to be a threat in the box on the ball. And I think yeah. we kind of needed... I felt like we had that a little bit last year with um, uh, Patrick Roberts. You know, mm. but but you could you could... You can make the argument that he was dangerous, he was creative, but he rarely ever either made the right decision or finished his chance. And I think 
with Chuba, we're going to have somebody who's going to be able to bury those shots and kind of, it's going to be in the back of your mind, like, oh, snap, what if Chuba gets the ball? And I think uh, he brings that pizzazz. Yeah, definitely. Do you think he'll replace either of the starters currently? Um, And, or do you think he's a player that is brought on for a little bit there at the end? You know, Theoretically, they could they could go to a back four and play a four three three, um, especially when we don't have possession of the ball. Um, so you likely would see, um, you know, the left back drop in and then um, Spence kind of push up into a right wing role, um, or you could play like a four four two when you don't have the ball, and then once you have the ball, you go back to playing three five two. So. There are some opportunities there. Um, you know, it should be interesting. It, you know, I just you, you never know. Like Fletch has been kind of he had played on the wing before under under um, Gary Monk and then under Poulis. Um, obviously, he did go out on loan to Sunderland for a, for for six months and scored some goals as a forward. But you know, it's just about giving us that flexibility in the squad. Whereas right now, we're pretty still pretty thin. Um, I think they're probably looking for another defender, um, probably, you know, some sort of midfielder, whether it be, um, you know, somebody with Patrick Roberts's qualities just to kind of unlock the defense in that final third. And then they are talking about another striker, which I'm a little bit not, not amused, but I think, you know, Fletch picked up an injury. If it's serious, then you only got two strikers. You brought one in so that I could definitely see why they need that fourth striker somebody to push everybody else for the rest of the places and see how we go. I mean, we're stacked in central midfield. Uh, I think we're pretty well suited on the wings. Probably Definitely. Decent, another centre-back. Um, you know, somebody who's got you know a little bit more experience with a little bit more pace um, just to kind of cover. And I think we'll be pretty good. I mean, we didn't see much of Sam Marcy on the, at the weekend and, um, you know, that's another person we've got who's come in. So we've got, you know, three, four, you know, four decent signs. I, I feel like this has been a uh, kind of a sneaky signing period for us. And a lot of these signings have gone under the radar. Uh, oh, definitely. So anybody's getting, you know, anybody's getting ahead of themselves. But, you know, we've played two games against, you know, former Premier League teams, one draw, one loss, and it was a close loss. Right. You know, exit and then Carabao Cup. But, I, you know, really, that doesn't. It doesn't really phase me too much. Um, and then now we've got a tough run into... If you talked to me last week, I'd have gone to war over the Carabao Cup. <laughs> I was not a happy camper about that. Yeah, no, but you've got to kind of take it with a pinch of salt. And Perspective. Run the scheme. Definitely. Yeah, I think that just leads into, you know, again, we've seen, you know, unluckily for, for the gaffer, for Warnock, he's got COVID, so he's in isolation. Um you know, three West Ham players tested positive. West Ham just played Hull tonight. And their stadium you know, is safer than your living room, folks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, or let's wherever you're Brady. listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not talk about Karen Brady for a while. Um, but, you know, ultimately that's the risk, right? You know, just to say who's who's to say that we wouldn't have, you know, gone to Chelsea. Chelsea, you know, played, you know, somebody else. The Tottenham game was called off tonight against Leighton Orient. Uh, because they couldn't get tests in and their whole team was decimated by COVID. So, 
you know, it's going to be an absolute shit show this year for a, for a while. Um, you know, you just never know. So I think, you know, having Warnock getting, you know, sick and then one of the other players and one of the coaches, um, I think it just really enforces, you know, it's it's not going to make anybody any money. There's no crowd receipts coming in. Um, or there's no gate receipts coming in because essentially the, the money is is all set aside per, right. you know, what you can bring in through the turnstiles. And if there's nobody coming in because you're not allowed to, then there's no benefit financially. And like I said last week, I think it's more of a, a cost burden than um you know than a benefit so that means everybody you gotta so, go buy your kits now that's how we're funding kits, our, yeah. our signings yeah. get tube on your buck free right now i don't know yeah, if it, yeah, is. I think it, so. it may I be think so. they, they they do like to promote they usually do that don't they they usually yeah, well they, they were like free bentonelli free morrissey yeah and i was like oh maybe and then i looked and i was like mm, maybe not yeah Somebody else I'm still waiting for mine. I'm gonna to have to get onto gonna to have to get onto Sharon. She said she was gonna send it, but well, still waiting for it. You can ask her point blank on the pod uh, next time <laughs> she's on. That'll that'll be a we'll we'll sneak that. Maybe you don't have to ask. I can ask for you as a friend. Yeah, there you go. But you know that being said, let's look a little bit at QPR. You know what is your opinion going into the game of a reasonable expectations? I think for me. QPR was a team last year. Now I was not watching for our first fixture against them. But the second one I was. Yeah. And that was an amazing strike by Jordan Hugel. no longer at the club. I think that there's a chance we could travel to QPR and take some points away from that, that trip. We've had a loss. We've had a draw. We're due for a win. Yeah, I mean, QPR, um, they've scored a penalty in both games. Um, you know, so Mark they're Warburton, soft. That's what I. That's what well, you just told me. Well, Mark Warburton's not a. He's not a. Um, he's not a bad manager. He was previously at um, Rangers, uh, also at um, at Brentford. Um, definitely a, 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 a an astute manager. Um, you know, I feel like we could probably get a win, although I probably feel like it's going to be a draw. I don't think it's going to be a nil-nil. I think it could be like a 1-1 or a 2-2. Probably got to go 1-1 again. Um, I think they have scored, QPR have scored a lot of goals at home Um, over the last, I think, I think it's like, 20 odd games i think they've basically you know had you know three and a half goals um per game so whether that's you know goodness gracious for and against yeah so it could be a little bit of a it could be a score a shootout score fest yeah it could be a bit of a shootout but again i just feel like you know they are good at home uh they do attack they are an aggressive team um so it should be interesting to see if we can play on the counter like we potentially could do. That could play right into our hands. Um, it's just trying to get everybody on on the same page and making sure that we've got our best um, best eleven players on the on the pitch is the is the big is the big deal and see how it goes with with Neil when you like sideline when you say best eleven, what metric are you using? For me, 
I would say yeah. your most athletic players. I think you've got to have a little bit of both. You've got to have the athleticism. Um, you've got to look at who you're playing against. Um, and then you've got to look at that, that you know, one or two special players who are going to be able to win the game for you. So, you know, I think football form over fixtures is something that I very much believe in. doesn't matter who you're playing. If you're in good form, you've got a chance. Um, you know, we've played three games, one draw, uh, two losses, you know, one in the cup to a, with a weakened team. Um, I think the same, the same team that started at Bournemouth will probably start. Um, but I'll be interested to see if kind of we drop into kind of a four-one, four-one formation. Um, but I still think, you know, we still want to get that first win on the board. And I think QPR is probably not a bad team to do it against, given their uh, penchant for kind of attacking football under Warburton. So um, it'll be interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna go score prediction here. I think for the first time this season we will score first and yep. I will say it'll be a I really want to say 3-1 but oh. deep but deep down I know that I'm asking for basically all of the goals for the next like four months to happen <laughs> in one game and so I'm going to meter myself and say 2-1 and you yeah. know what? Because I'm bold, I'm going to say a goal from, gosh, it's just, I'm going to go for a goal from Savile. I feel like he's had a couple shots where it's been like, oh, shoot, like this yeah. guy, you know, yeah. here or there. And I think the other one, I really am curious whether Chuba is going to play or not. Um, but I would love. It's probably a, likely to come off the bench. A well. new, I think the new signing, Chuba bags one. Yeah, that would be cool. Very rare do you get um, a lot of debut goals these days just with the way that soccer and football definitely, integrate definitely. their players a little bit more. But, but we'll just see. looking at their, their first game was against not uh, against Forest at home. They won 2-0, and then they got beat 3-2 by um, Coventry. Coventry away yeah, last week. So, hey, that's know, a loss to a humble scored. team. Uh, yes. I'm just saying. Yes, I know. Um, so... You know they definitely. You know they they played um, Plymouth in the in the cup and got beat three two there. Um, so you know they've you know they've they've scored a few and conceded a few. So um, I'd probably say two one. I I've just got a feeling maybe we can maybe we can put the dagger into them a little bit and hit them on the counter like we have done in the past, especially if they go out because they'll they'll want to get. You know they'll want to keep going for for playoffs this season, like anybody does. So I can see them kind of attacking us, and hopefully we can hit him on the break. We'll have to get Brad's text because he he's been pretty pretty on the money with the result of fixtures and the results. So interested to see what he feels. Yeah, folks, the current um, the current standings. Um, Greg and Brad are tied at twelve. Uh, based off of imaginary goal difference, I have no clue where y'all are at. So I apologize for the IGD system uh, being well, down. Well, I said I said one one as of the first game. I said one one. So I get you were um, at negative. You were at negative one. Yeah, then, negative one. Because you were off a goal. 
I was at negative two, I think, based off of, did I predict three one there? I think you said oh i might be negative yeah, three said, on imaginary goal no, difference no, so you get basically what you get is so basically if you get the right score you get 10 points then if you predict a draw because draws are less likely to happen you get four points um obviously if it's not a if it if it's like a two two draw and you say one one then you get four okay um and then you get a point so you get two points for a goal so if you say it was 3-1 to Bournemouth, you would get um, one point for Middlesbrough scoring because you picked one, but you wouldn't get any points for Bournemouth because you didn't pick the right the right, uh, the right goals, I guess. Um, so that's kind of how it works. So I could, I'm still tweaking the the rules a little bit so I can backdate the scoring, but um, I think I've got it uh, squared away now. So well, once you uh, get the rules squared away to that that basically inverts the table and I'm on top. You let me know, um, and and we will we will let the the good folks know uh, where Hamilton is at. You know, I think it's time to talk about something that I am very excited about, Greg, and that is American football. So for our UK listeners, you can and switch off now, listeners in <laughs> India, um, because there are. <laughs> A great many of you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, reach out to us on, on Twitter at Middlesbrough Pod. But it is now time for the SEC to start playing again. We have South waited Eastern for college. Conference the Southeastern Conference, baby. The preeminent uh, college football conference. This yeah, so is the like. The Premier League of football conferences. Yes. This is. I would I would say this is the closest fandom gets to soccer fandom in the UK. Uh, like you, born, bred, and die uh, a fan of certain teams. And fortunately, on this podcast, we are dedicated to the Auburn Tigers, uh, where I went to where I went to school. They enter in the season preseason ranked number eight in the country, and let me tell you what, Auburn. They're going to they're gonna turn some heads. I want you all to keep in mind who we have to play this season. So our first game is against number 23, Kentucky. That's this weekend at noon Eastern time for folks in the U.K., 6 o'clock. Good luck trying to find it. Then we play the number four team in the country. Then we've got a nobody. Then we have another nobody. Then another nobody. Then the number six team in the country. Then a nobody. Then the 16 team in the country. Then the number two team in the country, followed by a final game in December against the number 10 team in the country that being said we are about to play the best competition you're this is the we i know i just said champion or premier league this is like champions league knockout stages this is big time that being said we're gonna do a weekly prediction of auburn uh football because you know war eagle baby um greg what is your score prediction for auburn who plays at home against Kentucky. University of Kentucky? Yep. The Wildcats. So do I have to beat the spread or No. Many? You just tell me you just tell me a score. There's no table. We don't do that here. Uh, you just tell me who wins, loses. 
Got it. I mean, I, I, you know, UK rank twenty three. My wife's a big uh, U of L uh, supporter, and so that's where she went to school. So we obviously like to see UK lose whenever they do. Um, so there I think, we go. You know, Auburn will probably probably beat them. I would say pretty handsomely because UK football isn't that good. So it is Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a fantastic point. I'm gonna go with. Auburn, their defense is always really good. Their offense is somewhat questionable. Uh, Hail Mary, baby. I'm going to – oh, y'all, we may have to tweet out some plays for, for some folks so that way they understand what it's like to be an <laughs> Auburn football fan. Uh, for those of you listening at home, your computer, look up the kick six. Uh, that's probably the most recognizable play from any – sporting event in the history of ever then there's a crazy pick six which i'll share about later but this score against kentucky i'm gonna go 35 13 i think yeah i was gonna say at least 25 i was gonna say at least 20 25 point spread yeah no i think we're gonna be able to put them away handsomely knock on wood love the auburn tigers go get them boys so for everybody in the UK, my um, first kind of experience of American football as it once was was back in the days of Channel 4 when it used to be on, on the TV, on terrestrial TV, on a Sunday night, setting the the, uh, the VCR, the video, recording that, and then watching the magazine show on a Saturday morning. So did have a lot of experience watching the NFL college football. I'm not not so not so sure about at all but um yeah tigers are a really good team and there is a there is a show that might stick in people's minds if they have the opportunity to go watch it and it's the stephen fry in america um show i think it's on netflix it was on the bbc i'd say it's at least about 10 12 years old now and uh, stephen fry does his tour and he goes to the states in the south uh, and he goes to an auburn game I want to say they they're playing Alabama, but I can't remember. Oh. So obviously, it's a big rivalry. And the Iron Bowl, um, folks. Yeah, maybe it's it's one of the big games against Auburn, or it might be. Could be Dasha against Georgia. Georgia. Honestly, yeah, there's a lot of people. Alabama, Georgia. Yeah. But anyway, he's in the stadium, and the the level of of pomp and circumstance around the game is there, and. It's just a really good, interesting watch. Um, I've never been to a college game, never been to an NFL game. Um, so it's interesting to see. But, yeah, I know, Ham, you're a big you're a big Tiger. I live opposite a guy who's a big Auburn Tigers fan. Um, so, you know, I'm always interested to see what's going on in that, in that realm of the world. Greg, we will get you to an Auburn Tigers football game yeah. after this pandemic is over. That much I can guarantee. <laughs> We'll have to do an Auburn Tiger cast. And you can See explain the, the experience from tailgating, getting there the night before, maybe going out. You see, you'll have to explain what tailgating is to everybody. Cause we oh, gosh. Well, tailgating, folks, is, I would admit, I would, I would say it's a, it's a, a collection of community. Getting, um, getting pissed in the parking lot for everybody in the UK. Basically, mm-hmm. take a barbecue, grill shit on it get pissed with your mates and then go to the game there's a bit more dignity in it but that is a great description 
for the English, for the English people, and for everybody else who knows, it would be basically like rolling up in your VW Golf, taking a couple of disposable barbecues with you, drinking in the parking lot, eating some dodgy burgers and ham and and hot dogs, hot dogs, and then go on the game. Some of some yeah. of them Costco dogs. Yeah, there you go. Well, folks. That being said, thank y'all for joining us this evening. Guys, I'm going to hit you, or rather Guy, I'm going to hit you with up the, up the Borough. Cheers, mate. Up the Borough, man. Oh, yeah. Let's get that dub. Get off.